Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hey, what up? <laughs> Woo! We are live. Uh, it is finally not 8,000 degrees. And I know, I know it was hotter other places as always, but Harry pointed out it's always 80 in San Diego. This weekend, I spent in my bedroom with the AC on pretty much the entire weekend because it was like 100 degrees, over 100 degrees in San Diego, which is crazy. But how are things going with you, Chris? Man, so I just finished a fantasy football draft. I pretty much think whoever gets me in week 10 is going to get a victory because my whole team was on bye and I decided just to drink beer that day. Uh, fantasy football, man. Those were the days. I don't do it anymore because I had, always had the worst luck. And then I always just was like angry every week. And I was like, this is not enjoyable for me anymore. I'm probably going to find something else to do with my time. And then the Kaepernick stuff happened and all that. And I'm just like, eh, I'm not really interested anymore. I was a 49er fan. And as soon as I stopped paying attention, they started winning. So I was like, well, uh, I guess we're not paying attention to that. So, Hey, but um, on, on the flip side, Madden has Kaepernick in it. Does it? Yep. And when he scores, he throws up the black power fist apparently. Oh. So that's, that's pretty chill. Like interesting. That's, that is cool that, that the that Madden went forth and just added him in. I don't know what team he's on or whatnot, but fair enough. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, video game football might be all right. Um, yeah, I was watching. There was like the history of like historic video games, and one of them was about how Madden was instrumental in putting black athletes on the field um, yeah. and on in the game and stuff. So I was like. Huh, I did not know that. I might have to like pick up a few Madden games from time to time just to You just might because I mean look, like, you know, back in the day, like there was not there was never like the black quarterback, you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. you could there very well have a black quarterback on your team, you know, by by way of the draft or a trading process. Uh Harry says he's a free agent <laughs> rated eighty two. All right. Yeah. Go with that. Go with that. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, not having a game this weekend was a little bit weird. Like not having a Saturday game was um, like having two Wednesdays in a row was it felt awkward. But I enjoyed kind of a weekend away from everything. We kind of stressed out with teaching. Uh, so my wife and I just kind of spent some time and hung out and kind of didn't do a whole lot this weekend, which was very nice to celebrate Labor Day. We did not labor on Labor Day. How was your Labor Day weekend? Ooh, mine was pretty good, man. Um, nice. I watched a lot of westerns. Uh, gosh, between between like, over the weekend and then also just like on Labor Day, I, I did a little bit of that, but just you know, just kind of chilled out for the most part. Um, you know, I think I didn't leave the house until about seven p.m. So nice. Well, loyal played a match. This past week, <laughs> yeah, and and you're very loyal because they didn't win. Uh, it was a doozy. Um, I mean, I guess we can start with the probably the, the thing that's on everyone's mind is was it offside or was it not offside? Um, I mean, I threw my opinion out there. I threw the photos out there. I, I think when it boils down to it, whether or not it's offside or not uh, is irrelevant. It wasn't called. Uh, the more like calm approach, Allen. The weak removed Allen is very much. I mean, you get a couple calls, you don't get a couple calls. Loyal have been kind of bitten by that not getting calls bug, if you will. They they got a lot of calls earlier in the season against Real Monarch, especially there. Yeah, I think that's like you can make an argument that that might have been. Um, you know, a two-point swing there. Uh, and then you have, you know, that Grant Stoneman handball, which people were aggrieved about, but that didn't really affect the outcome of the game. 
then you get a non-call handball against Orange County, which I may or may not get yelled at by um, a certain Orange County player later tonight. Um, Cause I definitely talked a little bit about that on the Orange County podcast. We didn't talk a lot about it here. Um, and then this offside, was he, was he not? Um, I feel like it's like an episode of friends. Will she, will she not? Hey, um, see, this is the thing though, Alan, like this is, this is like my, my bottom line statement. Like, Loyal have to be a team where where victories are not based on calls like that. Like, mm-hmm. like they just need to put goals in the net because right. then you wouldn't have to worry about these things. And then that it just comes down to these things too much. Right. And I think I, I think that point nails it exactly. If you're relying on every call going your way in order to win a win a match or get three points, um I you know, you're, you're playing the wrong game. Uh, if you're relying on the refs to get it right hundred percent of the time. And let's be real. Like I talk some smack about pro refs, but I mean, they don't have technology on their side. Um, we don't have camera angles that accurately show anything like that camera angle down the pitch is never going to be accurate. Like you're going to be like, all right, well, look at the shadow compared to the six yard line. And that shadows further. Like we're playing like, like we joked with um, super fan Andy from Orange County about like the Zapruder film last year where we're like breaking down small movements. And it's basically like you got to clear the ball out. You got to get it out of there. You can't let that happen. And then when that does happen, you're like hoping that the guy's offside. Like you're not setting an offside trap and not getting any getting caught out. You're just it's just a little unlucky. And when you're scoring less than a goal a game, unlucky is not going to cut it. Um, what about, I mean, some good stuff like the first half, like the first half of the first half, there was a lot of momentum loyal's way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, Colin Martin finally breaks through. Congratulations, Colin Martin. Um, I know that was a big moment for him. Um, he's been kind of on the edge for a while, um, of getting that ball in the back of the net. So I was super excited when he was able to put one in really nice touch. And then a hell of a play by Miguel Berry. Like, holy cow. Yeah. He's come to be very effective right away. Um, (laughs) uh, he's going to be very, sorry. My cat was just on the table. I was a little, a little worried about that. Um, no, nah, but uh, he's going to be effective, very, very effective right away, um, and that's that was kind of surprising to me, honestly, in the match because of the fact that you know I didn't know how much of an impact he was going to have uh, right away. Yeah, and especially that first match, he was very isolated up top. He wasn't getting a lot of service, um, and that's what you mean when you get like one or two touches in the game. I mean you're basically asking him to be perfect and he took one heavy touch and wasn't able to score against orange County. You got to get him in positions to get touches early, to get touches often. Um, and he really made the most of that himself. That was a huge hustle play. Um, yeah, I know Carson. It's just the two of us. Marissa's, hey, uh, hey, Carson, do you want to come in the room with us and hang out since it was Vegas? I would love to hear your face. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, the lineup and the setup was pretty interesting. Um, we had a debate on what it actually looked like and what it was. Um, they played it four at the back for a lot. It felt like a four four two at times, especially in defense. Uh, Toomey was kind of drifting underneath, and I think when um, new signing Alejandro Guido came on, it was kind of tennis wingish. Yeah, it was like four two three one for like five minutes of Toomey dropping in, but we have, and then at the end, if you look at like average positioning, it actually like balances out to almost a three, five, two again. Like it was a very weird game <laughs> formation wise. What did you see out there, Chris? I know you, you had some comments. Yeah, I did have some comments. Uh, you know, I was glad to see them finally get away from relying on that three, five, two formula. I mean, you just, you had to do something different, man, and uh, and and so that that being said, um, that was one thing to me that was impressive. Would the would there be a team 
that would finally do that. I know you and I were talking through the the match, and you were convinced that it that it was still at times a three five two, or that it was like a uh, what did you think it was a four two three one on the attack or something? There was like a moment in there, and if you look at like average positions, if you put Tumi Moshibani in like a ten, right, kind of drifting toward center, you had Francis on one wing and Alvarez on the other. You had uh, Colin Martin and Charlie Adams kind of playing this like double six. Like Colin was f- way further back than he normally was, normally has been. Um, his average position was actually on the loyal side of the pitch. Um, and then if Jack Metcalf drops slightly back, you're working at kind of a 4-2-3-1 setup. And I wonder if that was just because Toomey was figuring out where the space was. Mm-hmm. And for a while, the space for him was in the middle of the pitch. Uh, I don't necessarily think that maybe that's where he was supposed to line up, but he was much further back and from a good part of the match, very centralized, uh, kind of playing that kind of 10-ish role uh, that we see him when Francis is on the pitch and he drops back into the midfield. Um, but I thought he had a pretty good game. He ends up kind of playing more toward the wing toward the end of the match. So I, I wonder if that was just a product of what he saw on the pitch um, and where he had to go. Uh, Carson, yes, I did say lubed up on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, I, it was a quick tweet and apparently lined up, autocorrected to uh, lubed up. Um, yeah, it is a little bit of a – it's a little bit misdirection, Harry. It's like um, – you know, when you when you put out your lineup week after week after week, and then all of a sudden, the last minute, you uh, change it up. Um, I also wonder if the four at the back was because Tarek Mored plays a little bit better in a four-back system versus a three-back. Um, and since he's new and hasn't had a lot of training, I don't know why that's in my autocorrect, Carson. Like, why are we, we're trying to, like, overanalyze what happened. It was – I probably spelled lined up wrong – uh, um, <laughs> it was terrible. I Carson yeah. checked the email. <laughs> uh, and I said, if it works for Traore at Wolves, it work. It should work for everybody. Um, what was your? What did you notice about how the formation changed? Um, in and how it affected the play. Um. Well, I mean, I, it was. It was definitely, it was just a very, um, I mean, lights came at it, came at it, man. Like, yeah, they came at it, and 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 you know, really, I, I think they had a lot of what was going on with like OC and in Phoenix that they just played these matches, you know, and so at this point, you know, I think that you, you see a little bit of that kind of residual play happening, um. Loyal kind of went into that, like I said, reactive. Like they're trying to obviously, you know, shore up their their defense. I mean, having that back there, creating a little mo- movement. I mean, look at how quick the lights could switch the field. And what was that player's name for the lights that they kept gracing? Uh, Frenicky, I think it was, or something like that. Frenzik. Are you talking about? Oh, the Blake, the the super sub Blake. Frisch, 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 Nick, dude. Like, <laughs> well, I think guy, Carson, I think Carson guy. called that. Like, he was like, he's gonna come on with like an assist or a goal. He's been coming. He's been the super sub for for lights. Um, he got him got himself in some good positions. Um, I mean, it's hard to. It's a little bit hard to switch the field against Vegas because it's such a narrow field. Yeah. Um, which I think gives them a little bit of home field advantage because they're used to playing on that size of a pitch. I mean, and let's be real. Like if this was a 34 match regular season, going to Vegas and getting a point would be great. Like I think everyone would have been happy. Um, Especially with the way that the lights have been playing um, as of late, a um, outside of when they, you know, the second time they played Phoenix, um, you know, they had, um, they played pretty well against Las Vegas. They, they beat Orange County. They drew Vegas. Um, so they had 
we're coming in a little bit on the hotter side compared to where they started in the season. So I think in a regular season, Loyal's happy to get a point in Vegas. Like Vegas plays pretty well at home. Um, do you think Loyal should be happy going into Vegas and getting a point? Yeah. I mean, I think that they should be happy, like considering just run a play. And I mean, some things really changed, you know, once y'all like once like Loyal like ultimately got to 10 matches and, and the the points didn't necessarily equal what was going on at Phoenix. That's why I was saying earlier in the season that it was crazy how how the team was peaking. It's because, you know, a lot of teams and you know, a lot of players and coaches didn't know obviously how this team ran, you know, and that definitely is an obvious thing. We saw that last year with the expansion teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, once once the teams were getting figured out, you know, then it changes things. And like Harry says, getting a point on the road um, is always good. Problem is that group is three heavyweights and two solid teams. And I mean, he makes a good point. Like you, your first year, you get Phoenix rising excessively. Um, so, you know, that's that's a big part of the test. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think looking at big picture, this is a pretty good game for San Diego. Um, Alejandro Guido comes on at halftime, and it's immediate change, uh, way more attacking. Uh, he gets a, a pretty good ball over to Miguel Berry, but it's bouncing, so he tries to put a, put a touch on it. And the announcers even said, like, if things are going right for San Diego, that ball's in the back of the net. But because I think th- everyone's a little bit on edge about scoring, that ball is pretty much kicked over. And then two minutes later is the goal from um, Colin Martin. Uh, and I think it's really kind of a, a blip for Las or for San Diego, a couple blips in the second half uh, that Las Vegas are really able to take it to them, and it ends up costing them a point and a goal in the 73rd minute. So I think in the big picture of things, I think things are moving in the right direction. Problem is, is you're running out of runway. Um, well, and uh, I mean, gosh, Vegas was trying to go for the win. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, and, it changed a little bit. And I think that was the thing that made me the most excited. Like I was I was kind of mad. But the thing that was the most I shouldn't say exciting. The thing that made me the happiest was the fact that both teams were still going for it and San Diego was still able to kind of go toe to toe. Now Vegas isn't, you know, the best team in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they look a lot better with Yallop behind, you know, on the bench than they did um, with uh, their previous mentor slash coach slash I went to another job and then left that job before anything happened guy. Um uh, but I think they look better. I think they're, they're playing a little bit better. They're playing with confidence. Um, I thought um, Junior Burjo, Burgos, uh, maybe a little bit too uh, excited to take some shots. I think there's a couple plot times where he could have played a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think they put in some good subs toward the end. Like Daly was great when he came on. Uh, Frisch next. Uh, I mean, Las Vegas, I think, is a team that can beat some teams. Like they're not going to be not going to be bottom dwellers anymore. I, I, yeah, I mean, fresh fresh neck man, he can he can ball. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah. like he he's a difference maker, and uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, like at the beginning of the season, like Las Vegas Lights and Los Dos, I think once the bracket was figured out. I mean, I think they were instantly counted out because of a two-team and a mm-hmm. show team. And mm-hmm. and now here we are. Like, how do you feel about your preseason predictions of how things were going to go? Um, I, I think the biggest surprise of the group is Los Dos. Like, I think everything else – like, Las Vegas is a solid team – um, but they were, you know, they're not the team to make the playoffs. Um, but I think Los Dos is the biggest surprise. 
Um, and that's always the case with some of these two teams. Like we talked about this beginning of the season, like two teams can be surprising. Like all of a sudden they just get some kids who want to ball out and they might be like 16, 17 year olds. They might not beat the best of the teams, but on any given day, they're going to give some of those best, those better teams, you know, fits like, look what they did to orange County, um, this past week. Yeah. They split the series or split the, you know, the two games win and a loss, Right. But I mean, they've scored set piece goals. I think they have four set piece goals this year. Um, they're a dangerous team. They score goals. Um, they're the, I think they're the surprise of the group. I thought San Diego might be that group or might be that team. But right now, like Los Dos is both the, <laughs> both the reason why San Diego might not make the playoffs. But also the reason why they might, Ooh. or they're Go the on. reason, Go or they're on. the reason why Orange County or Phoenix or Orange County or Phoenix might not make it. Like right now, they're even on points with or, with LA or with Orange County. So w- San Diego has two more games against Los Dos. If San Diego can figure out how to beat Los Dos, um they have a pretty decent chance, right? But they need three wins. What's up, Carson? They need three wins. They don't play Vegas anymore, so we don't have to worry about them. But the thing is, like, Vegas is a is a pretty talented team. So now San Diego needs to be a Vegas fan, and San Diego needs to root for Vegas to win a few of their matches against, you know, a Los Dos or an Orange County to try and catch them. Carson, what did you – thanks for joining us. Oh, of course. I feel like I should heckle all BGN podcasts when they're live. You, you probably should. It's like it's like my version of, like, Undercover Boss. Right? Right? Um, man, Vegas all of a sudden is, like, playing some pretty good soccer out there. Yeah, it really kind of came out of nowhere because they I, – I don't have the stats in front of me, but they started off with, like, maybe, like, four goals and – six matches somewhere in that range and then scored like 12 in the next five or something to that effect. But yeah. And and first next was mentioned earlier. So he scored against Vegas in the open cup last year for orange County. FC, not SC FC. Yeah. FC. Yeah. Scored the winner to bounce them out of the open cup. And I want to say he played at Utah Valley and is coming off an ACL injury. So he can't, play the full 90 yet and it was like three or four straight matches that he came in where he either got a goal or an assist so he's been big obviously they had Ameriquan now which is nice but yeah they it just kind of clicked all of a sudden and they played more home matches and that that pitch is bad man it's terrible (laughs) it's terrible but I mean that's what Louisville did like Louisville had a bad pitch and they were a pretty good team and they used it to their advantage. So, I mean, can yeah. you really be mad? Yeah, and I feel like Vegas has not as much under Yallop, a bit under Juanalda, definitely under Chalice, though. They played – the pitch was actually probably the best the first year, but that's when they had like the – it was like a Memphis Grizzlies-style team where they were just going to defend and like just be super – dirty is probably a word you could banty about if you'd like to, but um, – just going to be like super physical, just make the game nasty. Uh, so it definitely plays into – they have right now um, one of the better additions they've, they made was Seth Moses, who mm-hmm. is he's, – he's there for that. He's just there to, to shut it down in the midfield. And I think that – I think every team really needs somebody like that, and they very often get overlooked in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, him playing back and then just kind of muscling guys off the ball. Yeah. Like, there were several times where loyal players just like there's nothing they can really do. They're getting frustrated, but you know, they're going head to head with this guy and he was just like, I'm going to win this ball. Yeah. Um, and he's, and he's an underrated passer too. So I think when you have that, where if he can, if he can shut that down, especially in the, in the group that we're in with teams like, I mean, loyal have struggled to score a bit, but like Phoenix, Los Dos, right. Um, Orange County, when you have teams like that, cause that can, they can score as much as they can and can beat you getting out on the break to have somebody that can every once in a while be like, nah, not this time. You'll get me next time, but 
this time you're getting chopped down. <laughs> I mean, Loyal has oof, so six games remaining. Los Dos on Wednesday, Orange County at home on Sunday, and the last three games are Phoenix, LA, Phoenix. Yeah, it's not great. That <laughs> is like the way LA is playing right now. You get Los Dos twice, Phoenix twice, and Orange County. Like you have you have a playoff spot in your hands if you want it. If you can get it, I guess more if, than if you want it. Right. What I mean, I mean, what I mean is like you're it, not it's the, you're not out. You're not you're not out, out of, of your hands. Okay. Yeah. But I think the one one game against Orange County hurts a little bit. But I mean, this is oof, this is a rough row of games. <laughs> a rough row of games. And to get Wednesday Los Dos after a Saturday Phoenix both on the road. Like, whew. So what kind of marker do we think Orange or San Diego is going to try and put down against Los Dos and Orange County? Are they trying to say like, hey, on the road, we'll try to get a point against Los Dos and we'll try to win against Orange County because we think we got a shot and say like, we're going to throw some stuff out there and, and build for next year. Are we already looking at next year? Like, I mean, I just think that they, they just lack the pieces. Like you need, you need more players that can help you get into the scoreline and only averaging one point like at this rate. And even that is like kind of, uh, is kind of scarce. I mean, it's, it's too hard to say that they're trying to make any sort of statements. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And go ahead, Carson. Carson, no, what, what are your I'm thoughts? Not, I'm just not sure at this point, a, it made me smile to hear playing for next year as a Cleveland sports fan. That was kind of a motto <laughs> for a hot minute. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can, I mean, you, you can prioritize it to an extent, but I'm not sure when you're at this point with the way the group looks, I don't think you can say, yeah, you know, this one will just try to get a point. I think you have to go for three every match, which is yeah. difficult, especially with depth with, um, I mean, just tired legs down the stretch. I think the key, I'm sure you guys have mentioned it and probably have a similar thought, if Rubio Rubin can can play like Rubio Rubin has in the past, he could he could be the guy. Because, I mean, you look at those, you list those teams – there's not going to be a lot of one nil games or two one games against Phoenix yeah. and Los Dos. That's going to be five three seven four. And, <laughs> uh, Augustine Williams, I'm sure, will have a goal at every single match. He's he's been going crazy, but right. Um, yeah, so I think I think if you can get somebody like Rubin going down the stretch, especially he hasn't played, so you have if somebody's going to have rested legs, it's him. So you can hope that the the rust is counteracted by having fresh legs against some um, weary legs, I guess is a hope. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't know if you can if you can kind of prioritize matches to too much of an extent. Landon Donovan is really uh, is really a trial by fire this year with just the way the league was set up, and then being as close as they are right now, it's yeah. it's not something where he's coaching a really bad team and can just kind of. You know, kind of just figure it out, throw some guys out there, see what tactics work best for him. Um, he's he's right right in the middle of it. And he's pulling to El Paso by adding some players all up in the middle of the season, just going back to the uh, to the to the bank looking for some new stuff. Like, not too many teams are shopping like that. And I mean, I've heard Nate Smith talk about like we just have to be real, and there's our aren't players on the team right now that are performing. And we got to try some stuff out and bring some people in and create some opportunities for players to step up and think about like what works and what doesn't and not think about not necessarily throwing away this season. But I think, you know, I think if San Diego ends up third place in this group, it's a, it's a pretty proud moment. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean playoffs, but I think going into the season, I don't think anyone pegged loyal as being, like a lock for the playoffs. It was Phoenix, Orange County, and then yeah. LA could sneak in and San Diego could sneak in. Um, but you got a two two games against LA, and right now they're even with San or with Orange County. If you would have told me after 10 matches LA and Orange County would be even on points, I would have told you you're crazy. But 
Um, I think there's some issues in Orange County um, with scoring goals as well. I think they're going through a lot of those same issues. And so I think if you can, I mean, the way that San Diego's playing, they can beat Orange County because Orange County is also not scoring goals. LA is goal differential zero, but they've scored a crap load of goals. Like they score goals. They give up a bunch, but they score a bunch. And the problem with San Diego is if you don't score any, you're going to lose to LA. I mean, that's just the, the like if you don't get any in the back of the net, you're going to lose. And that's what happened to Orange County uh, yeah. their last match. Well, it's tough, especially when you play a team like LA, who that, that is the most like low dose thing in the past where they'll just they'll lose like eight seven and and just like they'll they'll got guns blazing but like you said it's it's tough when you're already not scoring and then if you fall behind especially early against mm-hmm. those those you can't just be like oh well, i'll be damned i might as well score some goals now you can't score already and then you're already behind the eight ball so then you're pressing and that's when you can see a match go from you know we're down 1-0 and then all of a sudden it's 3-0 17 minutes later and you're like uh okay so, I mean, maybe they can go in it to the kind of a defensive approach, if anything, and hope for, hope for the best, but um, score on set pieces, maybe. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be it's, – it's actually a pretty decent group. I think it might be one of the more competitive groups. There's a couple in the East, yeah. but – Yeah. Hmm. Let's just put it this way. Los Dos has only sco- – has been shut out once all season long, and it was July 11th against Phoenix. They have scored since then. Well, the first match was 5-1 RGV, but whatever. Since then, uh, they were average. The first, next four games are one goal each. Then they score 3-1-2. Like, or sorry, 4-1-2. So in the past three matches, they've scored seven goals. Yeah. I think in the fa- past four matches for San Diego, they've scored two. So... I think that's what you're, and that's what LA did to Orange County is they scored two real early and then hung on and were able to sneak out of there with a two-one victory. But saying we're going to keep a clean sheet against LA is is not likely. Not <laughs> likely. Um, Orange County, I mean, I can see that being a nil-nil draw again, um, unless we get a handball call, and that would be great. Maybe knock on wood. <laughs> maybe maybe get a penalty this year. Maybe. <laughs> Need to get some scores, right? And that's and that's the problem. Like you don't get penalties unless you're getting the ball into the box. Yeah, yeah. So how do we think? Uh, how do we think this is going to shake out, gentlemen? I'm going to ask you to make some predictions. All right, toss them at us. Okay, L.A. San Diego tomorrow night in L.A. What you got, Carson? Uh, L.A. four one. Whoa, did you say 4-1? Uh, yeah. I gave you guys a goal. I feel like that was courteous. <laughs> should have gave my two goals like, so they can kind of work towards you know the next one. Uh, <laughs> what do you got, Chris? Oh, man. Jeez. Um, I'm going to say that they actually put it down. and I'm going to say that it's 3-2, but I think it's still L.A., though. Oh, I can't see. Here's the thing. I can't pick against San Diego. You need to pick. It's cool. You can be the home team guy. I can. I, I, oh. <laughs> it's not going to be 1 1. So I'm, I'm going to go 2 2. It it's not going to be 1 1. It's not going to be 1 1. I'm going to say 2 2. There will be, let's just say this 2 2 slash, there will probably be four goals scored. Yeah. So you just reminded me of something. Okay. I watched that match, and I literally was—I literally almost busted my face again on the table because it was so slow. Like I just—I forgot I was watching the match, so I had to—I had to post that That's picture on, on the Twitter to show you guys. Like this can't happen again. So, uh, SDOC at uh, San Diego's at home. Okay, like. They should look. They need to get these three. Um, I can only I can only vouch for this one nil upset because I, I know San Diego can get a point. Um, you know what I mean. So I'm gonna say one nil uh, OC upset. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sleepy deepy if I watch that match. That's gonna be boring. <laughs> so, um, I I'll actually I will echo what Chris said. I'll go one zero San Diego with a Rubio Rubin goal because I'm a Rubio Rubin. I'm rocking with him. I think if it's not one nil, San Diego doesn't get the win. Like I think if it if Orange County scores a goal, it's gonna be a draw. So I'm also going to pick a lovely one nil victory. It's gonna be a, a shootout now. You know that. <laughs> I mean, if it if it is great, if it is, yeah. that means we're going in the this, right direction. This is where you're hoping. This is where you're hoping for the reverse jinx of like a five four. Right? <laughs> a, a Ray Samora. Um, yeah. Other games going on. Uh, Phoenix has L- Las Vegas at home. Um, I I would pick Phoenix in that match. I don't think Vegas goes to Phoenix and does any damage there. Sorry, I really want Vegas to do some damage there. I want to see Frisch Frisch Nick. On that, <laughs> yeah, I don't know the hot take of Phoenix wins at home, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would have to agree. Uh, as much as much as I think that Phoenix could give or Las Vegas could give Phoenix trouble, I don't think they give them trouble in Phoenix. I give I think they give them a lot of trouble in Vegas, but yeah. I don't think they give them a lot of trouble. Um, what else do we got? Oh, Orange County, Sacramento. That's going to be a fun one. In Sacramento, if it happens, I guess there's like fire. Yeah, that's yeah. there's fires on the airport. So I'm going to go on a limb and say this game doesn't even happen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, to relocate it because of that rule in the USO with them being able to switch the matches. I think Orange County is good enough to take care of Sacramento. I think Sacramento is deceptively their record is deceptively good because they get to play Tacoma and Portland. Um, they're on a win streak. Sacramento is, uh, they're not a bad team, uh, but their win streak is against Portland, against Tacoma, a one nil against Reno at, against Portland. And then a God love Portland, man. Do you though? <laughs> they're just losing gracefully, man. <laughs> this is the part that makes me mad is like Portland. Like last year was actually like in the playoff hunt for a lot, yeah. a long portion, but they've, oh, Jesus Christ, zero wins, ten losses, zero draws, and negative twenty eight goal differential. The zero, the zero draws is, is insane because RGV also is winless, and so every once in a while I'll, I'll like look and I'm like oh, I wonder who else is, is winless, and I'm just like dude zero draws and zero right? wins is just brutal. <laughs> Right, because even like bad teams will draw another bad team every once in a while, or even like yeah. a decent team, they'll get a get a draw, they'll get a goal, or they'll hold them up. But negative uh, twenty eight goal differential, like I think lose, Reno like, dropped seven, like forty two on them. It was like yeah, it was like seven one. Um, yeah. By the way, I'm picking Sacramento on that one. Oh, all right, all right, we see you. Oh man, Chris, who do you got in that one? I'm not even gonna ask for a scoreline. I'm just gonna say who you got. Okay, I got Sacto. No, no, I'm not gonna. No cap there. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I think I, I think I think it's a pretty decent matchup, OC versus Sacramento. And I think if Orange County can make it into the playoffs, um, they're gonna have to. I mean, they're gonna have to beat Reno at this point. They're probably not catching Phoenix. Um, which they had a chance to, but they blew it against Los Dos. Uh, Phoenix has Vegas, San Diego, OC, San Diego, LA to finish up. And Orange County has, I'm not sure because the USL website is not the best. Um, <laughs> at this point, uh, Phoenix finishing first. Who you think you, who you got finishing second in the group? Carson? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to pick either of them. That's brutal. Um, you got Phoenix finishing. For, well, I mean, yeah, I know that's true. Uh, maybe, maybe OC. I I don't know, man. I would love it to be Los Dos. To be completely honest with you, I think that would make a lot of Orange County people upset. I think it would like rock the USL world. Is usually, but again, like, isn't there always like a two team that's them like in the playoffs, right? There's think, always a two team that those, like, like just they're the masters. What did they? What did uh, What did Alfred say about the Joker? That some people just want to watch the world burn. 
That is yep. that's the most dose. You, you get them in the playoffs yeah. against anyone, and they're scoring multiple goals and conceding multiple goals, just having a time. Right. I'm picking so those. So there are. Hey, is it in LA? What's that? Is that match in LA? Or no, no, no you're asking about the second place. Second uh, place, yeah. I, you're picking those dose, Carson. Mm. You know what though? Like Los Dos looked real good against Phoenix. Uh, they played over at uh, Dignity Health, and it, it was maybe one of the last couple of matches. And Los Dos just hacked the shit out of like Phoenix. Like the the refs actually didn't call any soft fouls, you know. And I thought that Los Dos was going to give it to them. So, um, you know, I do kind of like Los Dos. As a second place team, I think that Phoenix is going to have to see him again too. They get past Reno. I mean, there are four teams in the entire USL who don't have a draw: Reno, Portland, but whatever. Uh, New York Red Bulls, two Baby Bulls, and Los Dos. Los Dos wins or loses, and I think that's kind of how they roll. They like they win or they lose. They go all out. They'll give up a bunch of goals. They'll score a bunch of goals. But um, oh, I have a hard time picking against Orange County because I know that there's talent on that pitch. They just need to score goals. Um, I think Orange County figures out a way to get in. Um, unless, unless Los Dos can put a hurting on San Diego. Because um, I think Los Dos have a little bit easier run in than Orange County does. Uh, so that might have some effect on how they finish. So Orange County is SAC, San Diego, Las Vegas, Phoenix, LA, Las Vegas. And Las Vegas, or Galaxy has San Diego, Las Vegas, San Diego, Las Vegas, Orange County, Phoenix. Orange County is like, if if you're asking me to put much, just logically, I think Orange County has, like you said, they have talent. I mean, you have guys like Aiden Quinn, who's been one of the better players in USL. Uh, Sean mm-hmm, Coley, mm-hmm. who's been an MVP in USL. Um, mm-hmm. so you have guys like that that I think can can get it done when you need to, but I really would much prefer Los Dos, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I mean, that run, I mean, those four games, San Diego, Vegas, San Diego, Vegas, like as a neutral, like I can see, I can see them getting all three points in all four of those games. Yeah. I can see LA doing that. And then they have to play Orange County and Phoenix. But by that point, Orange County, Sacramento, San Diego, Vegas, Phoenix, like they're going to drop. They Orange County might drop three points against Phoenix, and now they're three points behind. If they drop points against Sacramento, now they're six, four to six points behind, and they only have Vegas to play. Like on paper, this looks like it's Galaxy's second place to lose. Um, yes. It's gonna be real fun, guys. It's gonna be real fun. Yeah, we're definitely getting down to the nitty gritty, right? Like we're playing, we're starting playoffs, playoff soccer, and we still have six games to go. This is what that this group like. I'm not a big fan of these groups because I think there's some playoff teams that don't get in and some non-playoff teams that do. Like St. Louis probably should get in above, like maybe a Charlotte or a, a Charleston. Um. Like Austin's fine, I guess. Eleven games, fifteen points. San Diego's eleven games, thirteen points. So I think there's some teams are going to miss out on playoff spots, and other teams get in. But the fun part is in some of these, some of the like Group E in the East, like there's seven points top to bottom. Louisville to Sporting Kansas City too. It's going to be real fun these next six weeks yeah. or the next six games. So. so- so let's. So there's something. So then, uh, so then after that initial the quarterfinals, right after the D one, the one and two teams switch off. At what point does it go into just, you know, into a different sort of pairing, like based on records overall? I don't think it does. I think it's A B, and then the winner of groups A and B play the winners of group C and D. And but as far as home. Matches. Oh, I think it's I think it's uh record at after A and B. Like 
two plays one, one plays two, and I think the team with the best record after that. It's like the West can go through Reno at this point, which is crazy. People don't realize how far Reno is from Las Vegas, by the way. Yeah, yeah. that's something that that's something that consistently amazes me. They'll be like, "Oh, we, yeah, you're close to Reno," and I'm like, "Yeah, nope. dude, it's like five or six hours away." Like, I'm you're not that close. Reno's by Tahoe. <laughs> I mean, either that or it can go through San Antonio. Depends depends on San Antonio. Like San Antonio might get home playoff through the playoffs. And this is what I said the U.S. Show a while ago. Like San Antonio has a real shot at making the Western Conference Finals. And once yep. you're there, who knows what's going to happen? Like just based on like San Antonio plays El Paso right now. If the season finished right now, they play El Paso, and then they would play the winner of Austin and New Mexico. Like they don't have to see a Phoenix or a Reno until the Western Conference Finals. Like yeah. they have a real shot at making it based just based on who finishes second in Group C. And they got and they got some dudes too. Uh, San yeah. Antonio, yeah. when you get in the playoffs, and you have a guy like Pirano and Gallegos and Bailon, like you have some some dudes that that can kind of switch it for you. That's that's kind of what to an extent like Phoenix has done and. I mean, Phoenix is just good, but like Louisville always had some guy that you knew, like mm-hmm. Speedy Williams was going to just make something happen in the postseason. Right. So you have guys like that that can just kind of turn it on when they need to. Well, and who else is going to load up on some players when they get to that time? Do you know what I mean? Because I could totally see like some teams just loaning some players and make it a very interesting situation. I don't know when I should know, but I don't know when the roster is freeze. I would assume before the playoffs, but yeah. Um, so I would assume it would cut off like some just wild loans. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could see, especially as teams in MLS, the issue is, and, and Tab Ramos kind of talked about it from Houston, the RGV, like essentially you're giving up a player for the rest of the MLS season if you send them down to USL. Mm. Because Ooh. they need to like quarantine for a certain amount of time. Right, right. They play, and then if they went back up to the MLS team, they would need to quarantine again, and you're you're donezo at that point. So, right. um, yeah, if, if some of these MLS teams start struggling, and they're like, imagine <laughs> they should, but they won't. But what if Portland just like sent down a bunch of people? They're just like, please just get away. And like Jeremy Obobasi's playing against Tacoma. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Buff, but um, yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, San Antonio's got a goal differential of 16 and hasn't lost a match. Oof. To put it in perspective, Phoenix has a goal differential of 19. Reno's got a goal differential of 17, but to be fair, plus six of that came, came against Tacoma or came against Portland. Portland, yeah. So, like, San Antonio is, like, secretly putting together quite a campaign. Now, we'll have to see, like, if that's just because they're playing against a bunch of average and below average teams in Group D. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you gotta play who you play, and let's be real. Like in USL, like you can have a fluke game and lose to somebody or draw to somebody. They have three draws, eight wins, twenty-seven points in eleven games. New Mexico is at twenty points after eleven. Phoenix is twenty-three after eleven, and Reno's twenty-four after ten. So they're right there with Reno at the top of the West, um, and so two teams who I don't think anyone would have picked as like the top two teams in the West, Reno and San Antonio are making some noise and good for them. Good for them. I'm sure Harry's real happy. So I'm happy for Harry. Yeah. Harry's Harry's happy. I'm sure he's probably sleeping at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, we got some score predictions. It should be a pretty fun matchup against LA should be a just, boxing match against orange county um <laughs> that's gonna be if you brutal. like if you like those kind of games if you're a man united fan you're used to this by now um <laughs> it's just gonna be that's a slog like, nobody should like those kind of games <laughs> <laughs> i don't enjoy them but as a fan if it means that we might get three points then go on for it um Carson, thanks for stopping in. Where can we find you on the uh, social medias? Uh, at Carson Name Mertz. Real name. Real name, no gimmicks. Yeah, shout out to Obi Trice. Um, obviously, follow everything at BGN. Um, 
what is today? Wednesday? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, tomorrow we have, off the top of my head because I wrote both of them, <laughs> we have a player feature on Peyton Perea of North Carolina Courage and the first edition of some conversations with some of the guys from the Black Players Alliance of the USL talking about, um, I think there's three of them that we'll end up putting out that have nice. uh, talk about different topics from how the league has handled the fight for racial equality, um, the decision to play rather than set out matches, importance of voting. So um, nice. interesting. So shout out to those guys. And we will definitely tweet that out when we see it. Uh, We've mentioned it uh, on the show last week, I believe, as well, about the Players Alliance. So we're all in support of that. So look forward to those articles. Chris, where can we find you on the Twitter machines? Uh, Now you can find me at uh, by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah. Nice. And you can find me at Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, it was great to chat with you about the goings on of San Diego and get in some uh, get into some banter. Uh, so thank you guys. Any uh, those of you listening live, listening on the podcast, uh, thanks for downloading. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Um, I think you get notifications on Periscope, on Twitter. Do all of the things, and then definitely give a uh, follow to the BGN Network and their network of podcasts and uh, writing. It's great. Um, so we will see everybody. Or we'll probably be back on Wednesday night next week. Uh, so we will see you guys next week. Have a good night. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.